Time is a precious commodity, and mine seems to be running out. On this week's podcast, I talk about potentially the last opportunity for me to have a child, what I need to do to get laid again, and interview Joe Rose, a young lady I met through wrestling whose viewpoints on love and romance have aged and adapted over the years since I've known her. It's my unconventional life. I went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. My name is Nigel McGuinness and this is my unconventional life. It's a podcast, it's a journal and in a way it's kind of a personal ad. But most of all, it's about navigating the treacherous waters of love, sex and relationships in 2016. Sponsored by, you guessed it, no one right now. Every week I detail my own journey and discuss my own untraditional views and aspirations in that world. Whatever the topic, whoever the guest, it all comes back to one question. How do we best find and express love in 2016? nearly caught up now on interviews that I've taped for the podcast, so this could be problematic to continue indefinitely, perhaps. But I get baby-making ASAP. There's been no word from Rachel. Uh, not sure if she's back from Burning Man yet or not. The idea of making an embryo with her next week, as planned, before she goes back to Europe to implant the other ones that she made over there, seems insane possible. That book that she told me to read, David Dader's Way of the Superior Man, says to not pay attention literally to what a woman says as it will likely change because it really, it just comes from an authentic place only in that moment and therefore you have to make decisions from your true purpose and gut instinct and for me now that seems like a no. I just need to make a decision and live by it. Supermom is up in LA for a few days this week. We're planning on meeting up one evening or two uh, as I just got a two-month full-time daytime editing gig. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see things moving forward with us anytime soon. But maybe I just need to try to elicit that and discuss things more seriously. The girl in Long Beach flaked again, uh, something about her car still being in the shop and ignoring any suggestions about me picking her up or going somewhere close enough for her to walk. I mean, I get it, you know, I'm sure she has concerns about meeting a stranger off a co-parenting website. Maybe the other fella that she met was a weirdo. I mean, quite likely, let's be honest, internet meetings always do seem to have a low success rate. But I'm a nice guy. I'm a diamond in the rough. I'd be a good fucking dad. I can provide references. I don't know. I mean, the question is, is it really that bad of an idea with Rachel? I mean, she's a proven commodity in the past. She's the only person I met who's sure about it, for whom it isn't a plan B. And if I pass up on this opportunity, it could very well be the only opportunity I ever have to be a parent at least without compromising who I am and how I want to do it. I mean, the bottom line is, it's always going to be a compromise. 
There's no compromising seemingly as far as it goes with dating. The Venn diagram of my dating life seems to continue. Here are the girls I like. Here are the girls that like me. And here is the tiny little area between the two. And to be honest, it's why I've often got into committed relationships in the past because it's been so long since my last one. I've been painfully celibate in the interim. And there are so few other options that I figure, what am I giving up here? I mean, if I don't commit to this person, I'm going to lose them. But after my last relationship, I've realized that's not fair to me or them. I have to be authentic. And being authentic for me is not saying that I have to be with anybody else. It's saying that I can't make a commitment that I can't be with anybody else especially with people I already share that intimate connection. Even if in actuality, I may never share it again. Look, the only commitment I can make, and in truth, the only one that is valid in any type of relationship, is that I will be open and communicative of my feelings and desires at every stage of the relationship. Eh, I'm nuts. Why the fuck do I overthink so much? Just own it and live your life. Be happy, be positive, talk to girls, be a positive in their life on whatever level is positive. Confidence, being authentic, trusting that you can add to someone's life and actively doing it. This begets success and a fulfilled life. I mean, life doesn't come to you in and of itself. Find your purpose and you will attract the things in life that you want. But I need to figure this out because this sexual drought is fucking brutal. <laughs> I am jonesing bad. And it just makes me even weirder and more awkward around girls that I do like. Like the egg said to the chicken, I gotta get laid. <laughs> this week's interview is with Joe Rose, a friend I met through wrestling when she was just a fan. She's uh, since immersed herself a little inside the wrestling business as an on-screen personality. But in most ways, our relationship has developed because of our long, conflicted views of dating and relationships, certainly in the early years. Uh, I think she'd view my viewpoints on monogamy as an affront to hers, um, no matter how much evidence there was to the contrary. But in the years since, our views have got a little closer to each other, and perhaps we're both a little closer to feeling at peace with our lots in that arena. Well, at least maybe she is. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm still struggling like a motherfucker. <laughs> Just an FYI, actually, uh, in the interview we talk about the end of my marriage, but I realised afterwards that the divorce was actually two years earlier than what we were talking about. It was actually the first failed monogamous relationship following my marriage, almost back to back, that I was referring to. And it was a terribly emotional and traumatic time for me. I mean, I'd even go so far as saying uh, I suffered PTSD. And I really did. I, I blocked a lot of it out. Um, thinking back now, I certainly suffered a lot in my late 20s and early 30s because of being too passive and not dealing with issues in my relationships. But again, ultimately, not living my authentic truth. Anyway, it was one of my favourite interviews. Clear, concise and presentable. 
So it's another day in my unconventional life and we are here with a good old friend of mine who um, I usually see her probably once or twice a year, a little less now that I'm not wrestling so much, but Joe is here in Los Angeles visiting with her friend Lena. We've got the uh, Fanta Cracked, we've got the Popcorn with Pink Himalayan Sea Salt, which actually there isn't a sea in the Himalayas at all, but nonetheless we're eating popcorn, we're drinking Fanta and we're having a wonderful time. How are you Joe? I'm good, thank you Nigel. Good Fantastic. to see you. Always good to see you, always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> um, how long have I known you now? I know we were talking a second ago about when we first met. Yeah, when was I think, that? I, I'm pretty sure it was 2008. So I 2008. think 2008. About eight years. Yeah. I uh, was either Ring of Honor World Champion then. Yes, you were. I yes. was the champ. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Didn't act like a champ though, right? <laughs> well, I was there with someone else, Nigel. So. <laughs> ah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I first met you uh, in Philadelphia, right? That's correct. Yeah. And I got you to wear one of my t-shirts. You did, yeah, for the show, because <laughs> you realised when you spoke to me that I was English, so That's you gave right. me a, a McGuinness t-shirt. It was bright blue, yeah. Right. But then I remember meeting up with you, what was it, like six months later? Or? Yeah, it was at a 1PW show. And we'd actually, yeah. you know, we talked more at depth then, right? And yes, you were, definitely. You were single again then, right? Yes, or yes, I was, certainly yes. And um, we had almost mm. diametrically opposed worldviews at Absolutely, the time in terms did, yeah. of dating because yeah. I just got divorced and so wasn't looking for mm-hmm. a serious committed relationship at all. Mm-hmm. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just sort of come out of a not too serious committed relationship and was actually looking for something more serious, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was brought up in a very kind of idealistic setting in the sense that my parents are very much together. They've been married for 37 years at this point. So I always believed that true love exists and exists, and that's what I wanted. And that, that's very much what I wanted back then and really believed, believed right. in. And so when I sort of expressed my viewpoint, mm. that sort of excluded me uh, from potential <laughs> dating possibilities immediately, right? Yeah, I, I, I would say so, yeah, because you, yeah. <laughs> I, I very much believe in, you know, one one person for one person. Right. Well, I mean, at, at the time, I didn't even really have a formulated plan other than mm. I just didn't really want to be in a serious right. committed relationship. But I have talked quite a lot on this podcast about how I feel somewhat of an obligation to sort of throw that out there. Mm. And people have said I throw it out there way too soon or right. way too early. Uh-huh. And there's not really that need to. Just meet someone and have a chat and see how you get on. And if it yeah. comes up organically, it comes up organically. Organically, but I think at the time I was coming to terms with the end of my marriage, mm-hmm. and I had it in my head that you know I upset a girl who I loved deeply, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do this again. So I was very afraid of leading someone on yeah. by not sort of throwing it out there straight away. Um, yeah. So that was kind of where I was at the position at, at the time, and uh, you obviously in a very different situation. And of mm-hmm. course, I always kind of find it sort of ironic that. <laughs> as we fast forward like a year or two from then yeah. of course I get into a serious relationship a serious monogamous relationship yeah and you on the other hand you uh, know, having uh, flings here and more there more flings yeah. and, and when, but, when I wanted what you had at the time and you were you still had that kind of anxiety about being in a serious committed monogamous relationship because ultimately you don't necessarily believe that that's what humans are are meant to kind of or programmed to, to be in 
Well, I, now I've got to a stage where I feel very sort of comfortable in my worldview mm-hmm. in the sense of I think that monogamy is a perfectly valid choice, mm-hmm. but it should be one choice of many. And right. it should be a choice that you make because you're genuinely with someone and you're not doing it out of obligation. You're not doing it because you feel okay. like, well, this is what we do because of my church or my society. Mm-hmm. But you just go, yeah, you know what? I don't really want to see anybody else. And if you don't want to see anybody else, let's not see anybody else. Because it's the right person. Because yeah. it's the right person, exactly. And just my belief is that doesn't come around very often. Right. Whereas no, most yeah. people will go into one long-term committed monogamous relationship after another, arguably with people yeah. that are not suitable. It's never going to work yeah. out. And I think that cuts you off from meeting someone that would work out. You know? Potentially, yeah. But I think it's more difficult for girls, certainly, because... Girls have that sense that if they don't have a boyfriend, then there's something missing. You know what I mean? I think that's strong. And I think, for sure, I I think I definitely felt that. I felt that there was something missing around about the time that I first Mm. met you and maybe for the good few years after that point. And you and I have had many conversations about that. I think it was sort of towards the end of the committed relationship that you were in that things started to change a little bit again in terms of my mindset as well. Because I had always be like, essentially trying to get you laid right, <laughs> right. Say like, not that know. I needed any help I, I must point out to the listeners <laughs> <laughs> but the reality was you know I was saying look listen if someone comes along and it's right fit mm-hmm. it's right fit but in the meanwhile right right, right. you know and, and maybe that was you know kind of wishful thinking mm-hmm. on my part mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> at the although end of you the did day, you did have that rule in place for a while Nigel Let, let's be honest you had the rule that rule? you did not want to sleep with somebody who had slept with a friend of yours or a colleague or right. something previously Very so, good point. so that rule was in place for you know a large yes. portion of the beginning of our friendship and by the time it, it wasn't there anymore I think well, we, we'd been friends it's interesting actually so because it's really only the last six months now that I've started to sort of readdress that rule, that mm-hmm. notion, or whatever yeah. else. Because the truth is, you know, Christ, once you're 30 years old, everybody slept with a certain number yeah. of people. So is it a big deal if one of those people is someone that you're friends with? Now, if it's like a serious relationship mm-hmm. and there's resentment and there's heartache, etc., yeah. etc., then absolutely, I understand. I, I agree with that. But if it's not, if it's just the pure physical act of it, especially being yeah. around professional wrestling mm-hmm. where people oh my do God, yeah. happen to um, hook up with other people, then I don't know if that should be a deal breaker no, necessarily, so. you know, especially when I'm now trying to get my head around the notion that, that sex is a wonderful, positive, yeah. yep. healthy thing, as long as it's done openly, consensually, yep. and with communication about who you are and For where sure. you are and, in your life. And- for the first time you and I are very very much on the same wavelength about that right yeah Yeah. now that we're both older and things have evolved so to speak right it's interesting though isn't it that it it did take that sort of time period I uh I realized that I very much had to to change my mindset on things because I'm not the kind of person that is going to settle. I'm not going to settle for something that I'm supposed to do for the sake of it or because society says I should. I should be in a relationship. I should be married. I should have kids. I very much do believe in true love. I believe it it exists. And I have to face the fact that I may not find that because it's like finding a needle in a haystack potentially. So I had to say to myself, being single is something that, that may be my life. That may be the way things are for me for the most of my life. So therefore, do I want to be 
celibate and single and the answer is most definitely no so I had to say to myself that maybe I should look to short-term relationships and and appreciate them for what they are and what they give me at the time and I think as you've said previously you can very much care about somebody and and have that kind of relationship but know that it's not necessarily monogamous or the the only relationship you have at, at a certain time or that it won't last beyond a few months or even maybe a couple of years but yeah yeah, so I've I've come around to that way of thinking for sure, That's and fantastic. and I've been happier for that. I think, although right. I still, in the back of my mind, I do still have that. Ultimately, I would like to find the right guy, you know. And uh, although I'm not sure whether I want to have children or not, I think being 35 now, I do worry that maybe that choice will be taken away from me altogether. Hmm. Let me ask you this, because obviously one of my other worldviews is the idea that oftentimes a romantic relationship can play havoc. Um, with a parenting relationship and right. the dissolution of a romantic relationship certainly mm. can cause resentment and heartache mm-hmm. and we see time and time again mm. when marriage breaks down how people yeah. sort of sometimes tragically can use the children yeah. to sort of help grind their ex so to speak yeah which, which is obviously very bad for the children oh, it's, it's not their fault and, and it really is dreadful and, and it, that can lead to a lot of problems once those children grow up to become teenagers Ugh. adults and well know. a lot of things in life is just people repeating mm-hmm what they were shown growing up you exactly know, if you talk about sexual abuse the number of people who mm-hmm. sexually abuse other people is because they were sexually abused themselves yeah. so we really need to get to the root cause of what the issue is originally mm-hmm. and sort of you know and I think that's the difficulty as human beings is our unwillingness to figure out why we do these things rather than just trying to chastise people for doing them and, and saying I, we shouldn't do this you know? I think that's a really interesting point that you've just made because for me it took me a long time to to figure out that actually the um Catholic family that I grew up with not that there's anything wrong with that religion but it took me a long time to come around to the way of thinking that actually for me to be a sexual person it, it's not a problem it's not a bad thing Good. and I think for a long time I, I was in that kind of Catholic mindset which is what I'd been brought up with right and actually um oh that's the uh, catholic police oh, are on yeah. their way <laughs> yeah. yeah apparently so <laughs> fire um, engine coming by so i felt that there was something wrong with the fact that i was a sexual person maybe when i was in my early 20s yeah and now i think actually no that's not the case i'm, I'm allowed to have healthy sexual relationships and if there's if they are multiple i don't do one night stands i don't i don't believe necessarily that one night stands are fulfilling but certainly relationships that you can have with somebody and have respect for somebody and enjoy their company and enjoy sex with them and that's perfectly okay so I think the the catholic thing for me certainly you know played on my behavior for a long time yeah I could understand that certainly but just hearing you say this is amazing to me given the conversations we've had for Mm. you know all of our friendship oh yeah for sure and and it's I don't know it's sometimes I'll have a conversation and some people are very diametrically opposed and, and mm-hmm. to, to what I say and they mm-hmm. just say you're wrong and this right. is because you've had your heart broken in the past and that's why you're this way and you're, mm. you're messed up in the head and that's why you've had these world views and I sometimes it sounds arrogant mm. but sometimes I sort of like go give it a few years yeah. and maybe you'll see the world in a different <laughs> right, way because yeah. I can think of a number of examples of people who've done just that whether it took you know a year mm. or or eight years in your case, to, to sort of <laughs> come around to this idea. It's not about me being right or anyone else being wrong. It's mm. just about yeah. getting to a stage where people can be happier and can mm. love and feel love, you know, yeah. on, on all different levels. I mean, it's not even necessarily about sex. 
because the truth of the matter is how many times you know someone who gets in a serious committed monogamous relationship mm. and other relationships in their life suffer because of it oh, yeah. they stop hanging out with other friends yeah, for sure. especially if they're people of the opposite sex and uh, your oh, partner tells you you jealousy can't. and yeah, yeah you know, and that's, that's what it's all about is you're on this earth for however many years and you want to have as fulfilling mm. a life as you can on that time and sometimes mm-hmm. I feel as though the obligations that we sort of take from religion and society impinge on our ability to do that right right yeah it's all about adapting really. and I think it, the interesting thing for me to point out as well is that my change of heart or my point of view change came very much when I did have I guess a fling with somebody this is last year 2015 mm. uh, maybe the spring of 2015 when in, I initially went into it the same way I've gone into everything else so maybe this can be something maybe he's the one you know all those things go through your head and gradually as I spent more time with him this, the sex was great uh, but gradually as I spent more time with him I realized that there were plenty of things about him that weren't right for me in the long term. Right. But I enjoyed his company and I enjoyed the period of time. I didn't want to stop seeing him because I knew that. And that was a big um, sort Epiphany. of revelation for me. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Great sex, eh? Mm. Oh, <laughs> well, it's nice. been a while, <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> How long's it been? For me? Yeah. Um, maybe five months. Is that a long time for a girl? What's I mean, the going I, I, rate for a girl? To, to I don't be honest, know. to be honest, I will have gaps like that, and I, I yeah. for the last God knows how long, it, the, the gaps have been that right. that big or even wider, just because I'm not a one night stand kind of person. I right. do want to care about someone and know yeah, that they care either, about right, me. And right. yeah, when 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 do you start healing up? Was that a year, two years? <laughs> well, I better keep it more frequent than that. Then, thankfully, so far I have. <laughs> but we'll see. When are you a born again virgin? Is it, how long does that take? Oh, oh God, I don't know. I, I hope it's longer than a year. Is sure. it? Is it like sometimes I I wonder for girls if it's the same with guys because we having this conversation uh-huh. earlier, right? Um, I, I talked to someone a couple of weeks ago about a, a threesome that they had um (laughs) the girl was going down on another girl and had the distinct feeling that like hmm something's not right here i'm sure she's not really enjoying this right and she was a girl so you would think she would know yeah but she was kind of clueless so after a certain amount of time do you sort of forget or does it you know because i've been on like a lot of dates not a lot of Mm. dates i'd say i don't know a handful of dates in the last month or something Mm -hmm. And it goes well. We have a nice chat for a few hours. Yeah. And then I say goodbye and I give him a hug and say, well, thanks very much. Let's do this again sometime. And it's as though I've forgotten like how to kiss. Right. You know? Right. It just, it, it I, I just... know I have anxiety about things like that as well because I have quite long gaps. And I think kissing in particular is very underrated. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, it definitely takes two to tango. But before right. you go in for that, you don't know whether the person is going to sort of relate to your style or if you're going to kind of be compatible. Right. And I, yeah, I, that causes yeah. me anxiety as well, absolutely. And I'm not, you know, I'm by no means a virgin, you know, but right. that th- there are those anxieties for sure. I think I can't, speak for the 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 girl the girl on girl action at at this point of course but (laughs) at this point (laughs) all right i like the sounds of it but um for you know having been with guys and certainly more than one in my life i think every person is different so the the way you might go down on on one guy is not the same way another guy would like it for example so i think it's the same it would be the same even with a girl so somewhat but i do think 
that there's less variation with a guy. And again, really? I don't know. I don't, you know, no, I, 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 I think... have very little experience with penises. You know? <laughs> Even my own sometimes right. is a bit of a bother. No, I think like the, the, a lot of the guys I've been with, there's very different, very different um, yeah. sort of preferences, or they can be, yeah. Well, they, I mean, certainly with girls, it's it can be night and day. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can appreciate that. Day. I do think it's probably a little bit more complicated. For right. Yeah. Where where women are concerned, it's like rocket science. Yeah, and and being a <laughs> in in this situation, the girl you're talking about being a girl who's never done it before as well. Right. I think even though you have one of your own, uh, you, let, let's yeah. let's be honest about the fact that we can't do that to ourselves. Okay, so unless right. you're very very flexible. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but do you think you'd ever get to a stage coming back to the kids there? You said you may not have kids. Mm that you'd think about either adopting or getting into a co-parenting situation with somebody that you're platonic friends with? Uh, at this point, at age 35, the answer for me is no. I, I am genuinely not sure, even if I was in a committed relationship, if I'd want if I would want kids. I, I think mm. for me, I it's it all depends on the way I feel about somebody. I, I think I would have to have enough love for them to, to, make, to want to procreate. You'd, yeah, um, you'd have to have faith that that relationship was going to last for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and that I, I want, yeah. So I think I don't, my point is I don't think I have the desire to be a mother on its own, like mutually exclusive gotcha. from, yeah. from from a loving relationship at, at this point. And that may change because the one thing I've learned being friends with you over the last few years is that my point of view can very much change and I can come around to the way of thinking that things that you've said to me previously that ah, I completely dismissed. That's so, so healthy. Mm. It really is, you know. That's the, the one constant, ironically enough, in life is change. Yeah. And, and I think that the best relationships are relationships that encompass change and you realise that, the truth is mm-hmm. that you can say this is how I feel now and this is how you feel now. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you just, you know... Things change later on down the line, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. So I don't, I'm not sure that I have the maternal instinct at this point uh, to want to kind of wake up one day and say, yes, uh, I want to have kids whether I'm in a relationship or not, which which is, is easier for women, let's be honest, than, than guys who might want to be yeah. fathers. Yeah, um, right. But uh, co-parenting, I, I don't know. I don't think my desire to have children is that strong. That I would want, I would want to do it on its own or in its own right. Right, which is in and of itself, I think, a good decision. There are so many people that have kids without putting any thought into it whatsoever. Mm, yeah. Either by accident or they just go, or they get like overrun by oxytocin. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just so like, oh, I love this person. Right. We're gonna work it out, and and I get it. It's such a strong drug. It's, it's oh, the strongest heroin. The str- yeah, the the strongest. Yeah. They put anything on that. That feeling. Mm. That and and of absolutely. course. Because that's why we're all here, because of what a strong drug <laughs> yeah. it is. Otherwise, Thank I, don't, goodness. I don't think people would have kids. They certainly wouldn't get married for the rest of their lives if they didn't have that sort of a drug, that sort of endorphin no, running through their, their body. Nine times out of ten. Mm. And I think that's why, after a certain amount of time, when those endorphins run out, that's when some relationships start breaking down. Because, because they haven't taken the time to be friends yeah, and understand well, each other. you haven't and... looked at it objectively. There was yeah. a documentary on Horizon that I watched in England when I was over there. And they did studies of the brain 
um, when someone was in love, it shuts down the part mm. of your brain that is judgmental, that sort of can, that Why? part of your mind that handles things that annoy you mm-hmm. and you don't feel it. And that's why when you're in right. the early stages of a relationship and you're getting flooded with mm. oxytocin, mm-hmm. the things that would bug the shit out of you about somebody else, right. you don't care about until, until that oxytocin runs yeah. out. And why have you changed? And you haven't changed. It's the same things I did before, so but now we're just not having sex anymore. So. Right, right. Isn't it crazy, yeah. right? I think for me, the key thing for me, and I said this to you earlier, if I'm going to be in a relationship, a committed long-term monogamous relationship with somebody at this point, it has to be a combination of somebody who is genuinely my friend, one of my, my best friends and has the same values, the same outlook on life and somebody that I have a great sexual chemistry with. I, I don't want one or the other. It has to be a combination of the two. Okay. I think that's great. I think that's healthy. I think that sounds very mature, adult, evolved. And um, mm. I'm really impressed, Joe. You know, <laughs> I, I, know I mean, seriously, it's, it, listen, we're all, you know, fighting our own battles. We're all trying to find our place in the yeah. world, no matter what anybody says, no matter how secure and confident they are. We mm-hmm. all have our, our questions. And just to hear that you've, you know, thought about these things and you've got to a stage where you're at least a little bit happier and, and you know, maybe it'll work out in an ideal situation or maybe it won't. But the bottom line yeah. is... You're in a place where you can be happy and at peace with the world, right? Yeah, and with myself. And I know that ultimately I'm an independent person who goes after my own dreams and I can provide things for myself in, in my own life. You know, I don't need a partner. I don't need a man. Wanting wanting that at some point is different mm. or, or wanting that feeling, even if it, they aren't long-term relationships, I think is different. I, I want The key thing is I want somebody who will complement my happiness in my life, not somebody to, to make my life completely. Or, or better right yeah it's a great attitude to have and because you are uh, a very attractive young girl oh, then well, you, you can have the uh, the other <laughs> side of it as well in the meantime yeah. right and there, that brings us on to another topic yeah because we've mentioned before it's easier for girls in that situation to sort of say right tonight i want to go out, i want to have sex tonight so I, it, it can happen nine times right. out of ten whereas for guys it that's very very different because the women tend to be in control of that initial Connection. Connection. Here's the irony of that. Mm -hmm. It's like if you look at food as an analogy, it's really easy to girls to eat. Right. But it's not so easy for them to have a good meal. Mm, So oftentimes they go, I'm starving. I haven't eaten in a while. And you end up going out to (laughs) White Castle at two o'clock in the morning and then you feel sick for the next two days. Yeah. Whereas guys, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to eat at all. But when they do eat, they're happy having a hamburger right, or a hot dog. Yeah. They're just as satisfied as that. You okay, know? yeah, I think that's true. So it is interesting, and I always used to say um, that the reason why women, aside from society, are sort of hardwired to be less promiscuous, if you will, mm. it's nothing to do with, with the fact that women are intrinsically better people, although they may be, I don't know, that's a different discussion. It's all to do with our sexual response. Mm-hmm. If women's sexual response was as easy and quick as men's, <laughs> right. they would be the ones out there every night going, God, I want to get fucked, I want to get fucked, right. because they know it's going to pay off. Okay. Whereas guys, if it was the other way around, it took them as long mm. to get off sometimes as girls, they'd be like, going, oh no, I want to make sure that she's mm, right, right for me. Right. And that, you know, I, I think that's a huge factor of it, really. And i tell you why I definitely think this, because most of the girls I've known who have been relatively mm-hmm. promiscuous 
uh, when I've talked to them, um, they all say that they get off pretty easily. Right. And so that just kind of makes sense, right? Okay. In terms of if you're a human being yeah. and it's relatively easy for you to get your oxytocin hit, right? then you're going to pursue getting it that much more quickly than someone okay. who, who doesn't. Right. Uh, finds it a bit more of a struggle. Issues. Yeah. So... Yay. Interesting. Yay being a guy. I mean, for for me as well, I find that um, I'm forward enough that I don't need guys to come to me. And you you know this about me because you've seen examples. Like almost every time I see you, I'll, I'll give you some kind of tale or story. But, right, there's one, uh, on, one on the hook now, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, if I see a guy that I very much like or I'm attracted to, I don't wait for him to come to me. I'm straight in there. And, and trying to do something about it, you know, yeah. even if it means finding out his name, finding him on Facebook, for example, and, you know, and sending him a message like mm. has uh, happened yesterday with one of the actors in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, don't give too much <laughs> yeah. information away. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very forward like that. And, yeah. I, you know, if I like people and if they're, if they're not interested, then fair enough, you know, you just move on. But I, I don't like to have any regrets. I think that's the key thing. I don't like to walk away from a situation thinking, oh, I wish I'd maybe spoken I, to them or that's pursued that. That really is admirable because most girls, because they get hit on so much and they know that you know, basically, pretty much, you know, most girls in LA are going to get hit on a handful of times every mm-hmm. day. But that being the case, then they sort of figure, well, why do I need to bother? Why would I make the effort to talk to that guy who I really like? Mm. Because I've already got three or four other guys, you know, right. and it's kind of like internet dating. Mm-hmm. Someone told me the other day that they did a survey and they put up these three fake profiles on internet dating sites. Like a very good-looking woman, an average-looking woman, and not so good-looking woman. Okay. And the same with guys: a good-looking guy, an average guy, and a not so good-looking guy. And the least attractive woman got ten times more messages what? than the most attractive guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and I think that's just a microcosm I of dating in general. I think that's so accurate, actually. Right. Yeah. And so that's the reality: is that most girls end up with the best choice of whoever uh-huh. is trying to hit on them. Right. And that arguably makes it problematic because they're not getting to choose mm. who they really want to. Yeah. It's arguably almost like a, a more of a, a varied version of politics, you know? Yeah. Like here we are in America and we've got two choices in November. And from what I've talked to yeah. about people, it's really the lesser of two evils. No yeah, one's going, absolutely. this is my number one choice. Yeah. It's, it's the one, you know just want to make sure that one of them doesn't get voted in <laughs> right and so, so it's, it's the, the same one. thing arguably for for girls and guys and uh-huh. they've just got a limited amount of guys and nine times out of ten the guys who are coming up hitting on them are hitting on every girl right you know yeah. and so if the girl's ideal is to find one guy to settle down with and fall in love and spend their life together I think they should be more proactive. So uh, yeah, hats off to you. Well so done, you know. I, it's. Um, I don't think there's anyone of my friends that would say I'm not like that. I, I very much am. Yeah, and you never... Sure. Because it, obviously the fear of doing that is the sense of rejection and the fear that... Yeah. And I think that's another thing because throughout my life, in one way or another, I have been used to, to the knockbacks, to the rejection. Yeah. And so I... I'm not afraid of it. I don't like it. And I, I, I do have issues the same, you know, perhaps trust issues the same way any other human being might at this age. Yeah. But I still put myself out there because I know I'm strong enough to handle that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I need to do more of that. I think, I think just for me coming from England, I remember I was, God, I was like 21 years old before I realized girls mm-hmm. wanted to have sex. Right. 
Like before then, I thought it was something <laughs> they did so they could get a boyfriend. You know right. what I mean? I didn't. I didn't it just because I, you know, what it's like in England. Like yeah. we carry on camping. We're and a all bit these more things. reserved. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 don't sort of celebrate sex in the way that certain other European no. countries do. When we should. Yeah. You almost feel like if you're a very sexual person, certainly as a guy, then you're creepy. Right, right. And right. you're weird and you yeah, should be a I gentleman. Think, and, and I think even, it's the same even for girls, yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're like that, then you must be some kind of slut. I'm sorry to say the word. But, right. And it's not, that's not the case. That's not true. Do you think things have changed? Because I haven't lived in England now since, Christ, 1999, really. I mean, the millennials, do you think yeah. that generation is viewing sex and dating any way differently or not? Yeah, I think they are. I think um, not necessarily for the better in, oh. in every way. I mean, I heard on the radio there was some kind of um, discussion about pornography and the way that pornography is just so easily acceptable now mm. and the boundaries are being pushed back and pushed back so much so that they're seeing a high number of young men so 18 to, to 25 year olds mm-hmm. going for sexual therapy in some way or another because regular sexual relationships are not doing much for them because they're they're, they're seeing more and more extremes in, in terms of pornography mm. which I think is interesting but also on the other hand I think views and people in the UK have very much changed it's just that they're still not really talking about it they're still thinking it's something that they need to hide potentially although when you're in a group of girls certainly when I'm in a group of girls or with my girlfriends yeah. it's something we will talk about freely and, and enjoy discussions about and yeah. and sort of swap stories and yeah. tips or yeah kind of they, oh, oh, oh I, I, that that happened to me is that something you feel oh great yeah it's kind of like you know oh it's a normal thing it's not just right. me sort of thing so yeah. yeah, I just, I do wonder whether, you know, in 50 years, you know, monogamy will be less of an expectation necessarily. Right. And, and, and even parenting partnerships, whether more people will do that, you know. I mm. mean, really, when you think about it, an arranged marriage is a parenting Oh, yeah, and that's been around in some religions for and still is for yeah. generations. And, and arguably seems to be reasonably successful, right? right. I mean, yeah, I think it, within certain cultures, for sure. You wouldn't do it yourself, though. No, no, that's not something I would want to do myself. It's not the way I've been brought up. It's not the culture I live within. Right. And I think I've even heard stories of um, people who do live within that culture, but potentially in the UK, the, the children or the young girls are being brought up in the United Kingdom as English British citizens. So when it comes to the point where their parents want them to have an arranged marriage, that's very much a it's a taboo. It's it's not something they want to do. Yeah, it's got to be difficult. So it's leading to to girls even running away from home and that kind of thing. So I don't necessarily think it's healthy across the board, but yeah, it's, sometimes it's got to be hard. I think with um, growing up in one social culture and expected mm. to act as if you're in a different one for sure. But that's a, yeah. That's a whole different discussion, arguably for some other time, perhaps. But um, but you feel happy and you feel at peace in your life now, and and you feel as though yeah. I I mean, I haven't changed it to my core in the sense that I do very much still crave that absolute Mm. closeness with somebody who knows me and wants to be with me, and it, it isn't a family member, you know, where love can be unconditional. But you have that great sexual chemistry, you have that great friendship, you want to do things together. So sometimes I do feel lonely. I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by people all the time, but I can feel, you know, a twinge of loneliness here and there. So I, I don't want that to be in my life forever. So I haven't changed in that sense, but my views have changed in order to enrich my life yes. as a single person. I Absolutely. think that's the key thing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, I have to say to you, as well as your friend, as someone who's seen Uh-oh. you evolve <laughs> over the last few years as well, <laughs> I am glad to see that you seem to be in a place where you're 
happier and more content and you kind of understand your own mind a little bit better and I've seen you go from you know out of the the marriage the divorce into another long-term committed relationship and you you struggled with that for for a long time you know to where you are now which is it's good to see and it's I I like the fact that we can have the conversations we have now Mm. and um the friendship has evolved over the years and at no point have we ever been afraid to say this is what I believe this is what I think yeah it is interesting you mentioned being afraid because I think a long time I operated from a position of fear a fear of not hurting someone fear of not hurting myself and it's not a healthy way of living to live from a negative aspect right And, and you never can ultimately second guess another person's wants desires yeah interests likes dislikes Right. And a lot of the time I think we make the mistake of doing that and then acting on on that assumption when actually it's right. um, it, it can be damaging. Yeah, I'm still a little fearful of STDs. <laughs> I think know? we yeah, definitely always be safe. Please take this as a cautionary note on the podcast <laughs> at this point. Please practice safe sex. If it's not on, it's not on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's definitely another discussion we've had. At- How do you have that discussion cuz like so Part of like dating for me is sort of getting to a stage where I feel mm. comfortable with somebody. Yeah. And part of that is being able to have that sort of discussion because I think yeah. it's super important. Oh, I think if like, you can't talk about sex, you're not going to have a, let's let's face it, you've got to be able to talk about it. and Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're not going to have a healthy sex life without being right. able to do that. But can you think back, I know we were talking earlier today about that, that the one sexual mm. situation that you were in. Mm. Was there any discussion of sexual health with that guy or not? Um... I think at the point where we were, I mean, the, the situation surrounding going into it was very, very Tell different. Tell the story. Tell okay, the story. Okay, just so it, but... um, <laughs> I started having an interest in or potentially dating somebody who was a lot, lot younger than me. I'm 35, I'm talking 23. And he had only ever slept with one person one time. So I had that kind of anxiety in the back of my head because I knew that I am very much a person, I've said this already on this podcast, that needs sexual chemistry. I do like that to be there. However, I was kind of putting that to the back of my mind because I was thinking he's he's really sweet. Mm-hmm. He treats me like a princess. He's so, 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 so nice. And it's in direct contrast to the way I've been treated by some other guys yeah. that I've met in my life. So I really wanted to pursue something. So... We we didn't really do very much. We got to know each other very well as friends. Um, we would hold hands occasionally, a kissed a few times, mm-hmm. uh, which felt like, I've got to be honest, it felt like I was back in high school. The, the kisses just, like we said before, you need to have that chemistry. There and was it, no chemistry? It, it, it really, it wasn't great, which I put down to the fact that he was quite inexperienced and shy. and Too much tongue? And nervous. Yes, I think so. Oh, the old tongue so, and the stick thing, yeah. So basically, Ugh. when it came to the one night where I thought, right, I'm going to see if I can, you know, maybe make a move and see if something can happen. Mm-hmm. We sat watching... A film, as you do, the whole Netflix and chill. The problem was that it was very much Netflix and chill. So we watched the entire duration of a movie and an episode of a TV show before I said, so do you need to Do you need to leave? Do you need to go home? And he said, yeah, yeah. I'll get off. And I said, really? You, you want to leave? And he said, well, I guess I could stick around. And I said, yeah, you, you can if you want. You know, no pressure or anything, but... Mm. So at that point, he proceeded to strip down to his boxer shorts and get into bed. 
So I'm was stood he there. Was in any way sexual? No, was it, no, just like very not at all. Like Mr. Ben. Yeah, yeah not at all. So Mr. Bean. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. So ben. Mr. So ben. No, sorry, cartoon. Mr. He said Mr. Bean. Sorry, anyway, Mr. Ben. Yeah. So, oh yes, I remember Mr. Ben. Okay, that's a whole other subject. But childhood cartoons. But anyway, so I, I was stood there, fully clothed, thinking, hmm. This is the most awkward moment of my life and it's probably one of the biggest turn-offs. But I yeah. was, again, I was trying to put it down to the fact that he's young, he's inexperienced, oh my, you know, right. oh my God, try and... So I didn't feel... Because I had, I cared about the the, the lad, yeah, you know, I wasn't, you, on, you know, right. I... So I didn't want to sort of say, look, you're going to have to get up and put your clothes on and go home, you know? So <laughs> I just... Taxi. I basically, I took my jeans off and I got into bed. So I was otherwise clothed still. Yeah my t-shirt and my underwear yeah and started kissing a little bit i led the situation and i you know went down on him uh which lasted all of about maybe 15 seconds oh and then you're pro the, but that that wasn't bad i mean that that was that's fine but he, oh. he actually told me it was the first blowjob he'd ever had ever wow so yeah so well, I if i'm gonna that. put some guy's cock in my mouth i want it to be over as soon as possible right so basically <laughs> well i that, i actually enjoy it but that's another that's another conversation as well so basically the, the disappointing thing for me was that after that there was nothing he didn't even attempt to touch me, not even right. a boob graze, boob grab, nothing. Yeah. And I thought to myself, there's really nothing here. There's nothing here. And right. I need to be honest with myself. I need to be honest with him about that. And, and this cannot go any further. Yeah. And it, it's, um, yeah, another lesson to be had for me right. that just because somebody, you might have a great friendship with somebody and get on with them. Right. It's not going to mean that there, there's all the elements right. that you need. Let there me ask for you a, this though. If after, you know, the blowy, mm. he'd have been like, right, ready to go again because mm. of his age, mm-hmm. um, would you have slept with him? Um, At that point, the answer is definitely no. because really? Because I knew, I knew in my heart at that point that the relationship could not progress yeah. beyond. And I would not have wanted to do anything further to lead him on right. or... Yeah, that's smart. But if you had felt differently in that situation right. and you had felt like sleeping with him, yeah. would you, before you'd done that, said, hey, just so you know... I got tested here and here. Have you been tested? Or would you just yes. say, just put on a condom and, you know, don't I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think I would have had the, the whole tested conversation. No, I do have condoms in the drawer under my bed. So right. I would have, if things had progressed, I would have got one out and it would have just been mm. accepted that that was, that and was do happening. You, do you think that's, I don't know. I mean, in, in this day and age, there's HIV, there's Hep C, mm, whatever yeah. else. But generally speaking, condoms are pretty safe right so do you need to have that conversation if you're using a condom or or not what do you think i mean i i i find that it's maybe been split 50 50 there's some guys where you 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 have and there's some guys where it's just been accepted that that's happening and either they or you you know produce the uh but the uh, another little trick i have leading into that is that i absolutely love lube so flavored lube so um that kind of helped you know because i've got to reach into my drawer i've got to you know get that out as well and i think i'm sorry but it can be used for all purposes so even if you're given a hand job oh my god if you're trying to do it without lube no 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 i'm sorry (laughs) but you've got and if i ever meet a guy who has not used lube i'm like i'm getting the lube out mate i'm sorry but (laughs) just absolutely amazing stuff and when it's flavored and edible oh god yes so that kind of um leads into the whole i'm getting a condom out as well and it's yeah right 
I'm getting the lube out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be said quite like that, but yeah, if I ever meet a guy who's uh, never. It's interesting, used isn't it? it? The conversations you have sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> right. you feel like you have yeah. or whatever else. I remember uh-huh. staying over at my friend's house after a party one time and, and being there with a girl that I, I really wasn't that interested in. And um, she was very drunk and sort of very keen. Mm. Right. And I sort of did my best to sort of deflect her um, right. advances without being mean or rude or, or whatever else. Maybe I wasn't, you know, like obvious enough. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember at one point her saying, don't worry, you don't have to touch me or do anything to me, something like that. And oh, I remember you like, telling me that. Oh, oh God. God. I just felt so, so terrible yeah, yeah. because... You know, so sad to, to, her, to yeah. feel that, that, that that's your sense of oh. feeling good about yourself is just that someone would let you oh, jerk them off. I, I mean, and she yeah, was a, I remember you telling she was me that story before. a beautiful person. Right, she really right. was a wonderful girl, but I just didn't, I just didn't yeah. you know, feel that connection. Oh. So. And, and there would have been somebody else that absolutely did and thought she yep. was the most beautiful person in the world. Absolutely. And, and, and hearing that somebody had such low self-esteem, it really like, oh, it gets me right and in the yeah, feels, no, Nigel, no. because I think that's something that I can relate to and, I, mm. and nobody should think that. No, exactly. And and I don't know. This is the truth. You know, I think we all have so many hang ups about how we look physically and whatever else. And it all plays into that. That I don't know, Joe. I just think if more people were having more sex with people, then sort of you'd get beyond it if it wasn't such a big issue, Mm. right? I mean, I guess, you know, me and my worldviews, I'm not saying there's one person out there for Mm. everybody. But I'm saying there's someone out there, or there's a number of people for everybody, you know? And, yeah. And I just think that... Um, Figuring out what's right or... Yeah, I had this idea for a website. Oh, God, <laughs> if I say this now, someone's going to take it and I'm going to kill myself. Oh. Shall I say it? Mm, it's entirely up to you. What do you oh, think? Oh, God, I'm going to do it because I'm never going to make this website okay, myself. Okay. But just so you know, this is now the middle of August 2016. This is my idea. Yeah. So when you see Copyright. this... Like... Just feel even more sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> the bad luck. He got a flat tire tonight, folks. I did. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why when you said flat tire, it sounded like a sexual euphemism. Sorry about that. No, I mean actually on the car. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I had this idea for a dating website, which was kind of like hot or not, except that you put a picture on there and you have to have a picture that's current. So it has to be, you know, like with a mm. newspaper. Okay. It has to be a picture of you wearing like smart clothes, a picture of you wearing gym clothes, a picture of you wearing a bikini. Oh. So three of those pictures. Everybody right. has to submit those three pictures yeah. and fill out a profile. Even You're, the men in a bikini? Yeah. Well, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Speedos. Like boxer shorts, you know. Yeah. Um, banana hammock. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Paint garotte. <laughs> Whatever you call. Okay. <laughs> I just invented yeah. that name. That's not really a name for underwear. So, and then, then your three pictures and mm. your profile get sent to a hundred people of either the opposite sex or the same sex if you're gay, whatever you're interested in, right? Yeah. And they rate you out of a hundred on your pictures and on your profile. Right. And then you get an aggregate score mm-hmm. out of a hundred and you are only allowed to date wow. people 10 points above or below okay. the only people you can connect with. Interesting. And I think it would be a winner because I think 
a lot of times people either think they're way higher than they really That's are so or way lower than they really are. Very, very and this true. causes a ton of heartache and difficulty because yeah. people keep going on dates and going, well, why do I, why am I just not like matching with anybody that I find attractive? Right. Well, because maybe, you know, mm. you're not as attractive <laughs> <laughs> as you think you are or, yeah, or the other know. way around. You know, I'd love yeah. to know what I am. I'd love to know whether um, I'm a, you know, oh, yeah, a 66 yeah. or a, mm. you know. Mm. And there should be a clause in there that means people have to change this, those three pictures every six months yes, because yes. people can change so quickly. And right. that's something that we were talking about earlier as well. You can change, you can lose weight, 100%. you can gain weight, you can, yeah. hundred percent. And, yeah. and, and, you know, yes, it would be hard. It would be difficult. Um, you know, to, I mean, Christ, if I come out at 42, I go, holy fuck, I'm mm. 42. Right. Yeah. But then there's something to be said for, well, A, there's the personality part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I truly believe that, you know, because I see it all the time. I see girls that, you know, for whatever reason, I don't go, well, okay, they're not, you know, mm-hmm. especially in a city like LA where there's so many like gorgeous people. I'll meet people and they're not like drug dead gorgeous or models, but when I talk to them and they make me laugh and they're like deep and they're genuine and they sort of have their shit together, mm-hmm. I go, that's fucking attractive, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that would push you up higher in the same way. Yeah. There'd be, you know, a model with all these three perfect pictures and mm-hmm. you look at her profile and you go, I yeah. like going to the beach. I like, you know. Oh, and she can't spell or anything. Yeah. Right. So there's, yeah, absolutely. That would bring the score down. I it's completely agree. fucking genius. <laughs> oh, I've given it away. It's gone. Oh, it's out damn. there. I wonder what the name of the website will be when it crops up by the person who stole it. Shouldwefuck.com. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But then, fuck! I've got to do this quickly now. With people who have like low self-esteem, would they even put themselves on the website in the first place? Well, that's interesting, right? Mm. Because I always thought everyone was said no. No one wants to really know that information. They don't mm. want to hear that at the right. end of the day. But I think it would be curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. Especially because most people have very little luck with traditional online dating, mm-hmm. and this way, they'd have more luck. Huh. Yeah, and they have to. We'd have to make it clear as well, if, if you're doing this website, that there is a specific outcome wanted because I think people have, there's a lot of confusion about the different apps and what, you know, yeah. what, what you're looking for on the different apps like Tinder. We right. were talking about that yesterday as well. What are people's intentions with Tinder compared, compared to Plenty of Fish or compared right. to Match.com or whatever? It, is Tinder just a hookup app? Some people think, think, think it's just a hookup. Some people are using it for dating. Mm. What actually is the intention? Well, it's for different. This. And yeah, yeah. Maybe there can be different categories within the website where right. you know, but people put their three pictures. Yeah, up. yeah, and, and I mean, okay, Cupid is actually they've got a mm. lot more different options right. now in terms of relationship styles and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Forward but, thinking, yeah, 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 absolutely, very forward thinking. But I don't know, like oftentimes. Well, I, you know, I, I drive for Lyft from time to time when I talk to, to people and they go, oh, you're English in America. And I'm like, oh, you right. must have no problems with girls. Right, and, the accent thing. You know, just go on Tinder as if yeah, like, that's, yeah. you know, a free ticket. And it just doesn't seem to work out that right, way. Right, yeah. But someone did say to me that I'm completely missing the signals. Really? Yeah. Because like I said, I go on dates with these girls mm. and I have a nice time and I sort of like give right. them a big hug and say, thanks very much. And what sort, what sort of signals are they saying you're missing? The fact that they're willing to talk to me for three hours in a coffee shop. <laughs> Means that they want to have sex. Yeah. Well, if I fancied somebody enough and I wanted to go on a date with them and I wanted to sit and talk right. to them in a coffee shop, I think, mind you, we've already talked about the fact that maybe I'm a little bit more forward than yeah. other girls, but my intention could be 
either to be honest but right. we've already said that for me in order to sleep with someone it's not going to be a one night stand situation i would want to get to know them and maybe exactly. see them again and, and that's the truth but i would pers- i would pursue that but um yeah. i'm not saying this is the thing with it you, you, i don't think you can just place absolutes on anything because no i can think of like situations where you know i've been intimate with somebody i've only known them for a very short period of time right but, but it's been profoundly positive yeah. Yeah. you know and mm-hmm. either we keep in contact or we don't but it was a, it was mm-hmm. a great experience i can remember one specific story that you've told me at least twice <laughs> about an experience you had with a with a beautiful girl yeah which still still sticks with you now but yeah. it was you never saw her again and it was only right yeah, and hey. I think that yeah, that's a story that stuck with me as well. As like being... I said, we're all here for a short period of time, so the you know the more we can do to be happy and spread love and make other people happy as well on all mm. levels. Forget about sex, about fair parenting. It's how we relate yeah. with other human beings. And yeah, not even just sexually, because yeah. as you've mentioned on the podcast earlier, I'm here with my friend Lena from England, um, and I'm finding that even just spending time with Lena, who I didn't know greatly well before we got here you know we're, we're two single people kind of in the same sort of situation we wanted to do something outside of the box so we're here visiting los angeles and so i'm spending time with somebody who's seeing me with no makeup on and things like that and and she's saying to me i don't think you need to wear makeup i think you're naturally pretty and and it's compliments like that that somebody doesn't have to give you that make you think actually i am super super hard on myself yeah. and the way other people see me is not the way i see myself and that's something that i'm truly grateful for because it's actually making me think that's wonderful it's wonderful good to have friends eh for sure yeah yeah very cool well we've done about 50 minutes there my dear flown by thank you so much for coming on here and talking openly thank you very much for having me yeah it's been wonderful and like i said you know our friendship has evolved over all these years and uh, it really warms the cockles of me (laughs) up to see you in a good place as i said there were you know moving forward i'm sure we'll uh have a lot more discussions like this but uh thank you for the time absolutely we're gonna fix my flat tire yeah absolutely triple a <laughs> i'm gonna eat the rest of my delicious popcorn yeah which we haven't even gotten halfway through neither yet. of those are euphemisms <laughs> no just exactly <laughs> as he said thank you sweetheart enjoy the rest of your okay. stay thank you see you nigel bye doll i'm getting the lube out mate <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rose, what a respect for her speaking so openly like that, putting herself out there to potentially be judged. And you have to think, whatever your viewpoints may be, you have to admire people who are willing to openly express them in a public forum in hopes of inspiring others and or promoting discourse. Next week's interview is with Matt Seidel, a great guy with a lot of unconventional viewpoints himself. But he owns them way better than I do. You know, doesn't feel the need to tell people them on first meeting. And as a result, is way better at attracting the opposite sex. That and he's got 5% body fat and is super handsome and charismatic. I got that thing about love, but let me tell you what else the cactus told me when I went back that second time. I'll see you then. Well, that is it. One week closer to six feet under. Thanks for listening and being part of the journey. Drop me a line if you think you or someone you know would be a good match for me as a parenting partner here in Los Angeles. Before you go, though, you know the deal. Please rate, write a review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Show some love. I'll be back next week, but if you want more before, then you can read my weekly blog at nigelwrestling.com forward slash blog, where you can also buy merchandise, book me, or just send me a nice message. Until then... 
wherever you are, whoever you're with. I hope you find kindness and love. Be happy. Hell.